Great. Okay, you ready? I think so. Oh, Matt's calling me. Matt, I'm just sitting down with Dylan Kessler across Zoom to record an episode, so I can't talk, but I wanted you to say hi. Oh, hi. I love you. I was going to invite you on a lunch date. Aw, you're the best. Okay, love you. Okay, have a great day. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye. He says hi. (laughs) You're listening to Lead Him to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Leadham to Life. Happy fall. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful weather as much as I am, although maybe by the time you're listening to this, there's snow on the ground, or maybe it's even next spring. But right now, we are in the beautiful uh, changing leaves, the falling leaves of fall, and it might be one of my favorite times of year. I feel like I've always been a spring person, but I am beginning to fall in love with fall even more. I'm really delighted today to be sitting down with my friend Dylan Kessler. Dylan, welcome to Lead Him to Life. Thank you. I am thrilled to be on here. A little bit um, intimidated, though. Uh, I've just heard so much of the good content that you have, so I hope I can bring something. Oh, shucks, Dylan. Oh, shucks. <laughs> you know, somebody asked um, I me. Mean, no, actually, I know how this came about. Remember when we went camping together a couple years ago and both of like our friends, you guys are in Aberdeen. I'll let you introduce yourself in a second, but <laughs> quick, quick background. But before we went camping, both of our friends were like, oh yeah. So like, how do you guys know each other? Like how Kessler's, how do you know the Leadums and Leadums? How do like, how do you know the Kessler's? And we were like, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> like <laughs> we don't really, really are we, really, friends? <laughs> we, we didn't that much. Like the first time we went and did something together, we, we just kind of like, it's almost like we looked at, Add it on paper and we're like, yeah, this seems to add up. We should be friends. We yeah. should probably be friends. Yeah. So, so far, we're so good. Yeah. Right? So we're gonna take our families camping for a weekend and figure out if this whole thing works out. And I feel like, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I feel like it's working out. Still friends. Still friends. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of my favorite things though. I'm like, yeah, I don't really know how I even know the Kesslers, but I just like really love them a lot and we've become great friends. So that's, that's how it's going. Okay. Dylan, tell us a little bit about who you are, about your family, all the things. Okay. Um, Dylan Kessler. I am from Aberdeen. Um, oh, Aberdeen. Yes. Aberdeen born and raised here. Um, my wife and I have, uh, we have a seven-year-old uh, boy, five-year-old boy, almost three-year-old girl who runs the show. Of course and, she does. Um, this isn't going to air this week, so I, I'll say this. And one more on the way. Yahoo! Telling the kids about this week. So, um, and a puppy. And honestly, the puppy's the hardest one. But, yeah, I was going to say, how are you feeling about the puppy thing? Yeah, no, it's been going well. You're pro so puppy. Got, yeah, so I just got back from a, a canoe trip that I took her on. <gasps> you did? That, that was like the big test. She did great. I did great. We had a good time. We bonded. We're good now. Is she a hunting dog? She is, yep. yep. Okay. Okay, that makes it a little bit better. When you guys told me you were going to get a puppy, I had mixed emotions for you. <laughs> Just because yep. I'm like, I know that you guys love to travel. I know that you're like, you're kind of a family that's on the move, that sort of thing. But yeah, now that I know she's a hunting dog, that's a different thing. 
Yeah, it's been a commitment, but um, it's been good. Yeah. It's been good. The yeah, kids yeah, yeah. take ownership of her. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the family side, the, the important side. Yeah. Uh, and then I also, uh, so we're talking for my office. I uh, am the director of operations for Primrose Retirement Communities based in Aberdeen. We run independent and assisted living um, and memory care retirement communities. Yep. We have 42 locations in 19 states. Um, right around 1600 employees. Okay. Okay. Dylan, one of the things that um, I just, I really admire about you um, that uh, I think kind of drew us to you and Marissa in the first place is just the way that you um, engage with other people, the way that you are so unbelievably intentional and present to the people that you're with. It's really, it's, it's a quality that I so, um, I so admire and both you and Marissa just do that beautifully. And uh, I think a lot of it, um, I see it. I see a lot of that in the way that you lead. I see that a lot in the way that you lead your family, the way that you lead um, that you and Marissa lead together, your family, but also lead one another and, um, and all of these different things. And so, um, when I knew I wanted, I, well, I wanted, you've been on my list of just like, man, I, I need to get Dylan and Marissa's on the list too, to come on the podcast. Um, the topic that came to my mind for you is really leadership. Um, because you have this person centered approach to the things that you do. So I want to focus a lot of our conversation today around, around leadership, knowing that you do this professionally. But like I said, I, it's it's this thing that's in you um, already. It's something that I've seen in you from from the first time I met you when I was in high school, um, that you just really engage with people in a beautiful way. So um, that's kind of the, the context of our conversation. Um, yeah. Well, and it, it's funny that you say that too, because the as I was thinking about... Um, just that, that topic of leadership, because we think about that quite a bit in the business world right. too. Um, leadership is so hard to define though. I mean, it, most of the time, it seems like we actually define it by what it's not or the absence of it. Of the absence that of it. You yeah. You can say, oh, it, it's just a lack of leadership. Yeah. Or really better leadership. Um, yeah. And we really, we can't always put our finger on what good leadership is or what authentic leadership is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's so true. We want to complain about it, but then we don't really know how to describe what it is when it's done well, especially because sometimes leadership, like good leadership does not make people happy. Oh, and that's really tough. I mean, yeah. no one wants to be held accountable, right? Right. Right. Um, no, no, no. I, I shouldn't say that. It's not always comfortable. It's not comfortable. Good distinction. Yeah. I mean, it, Look, standing in the confessional line, yeah. not always comfortable. <laughs> not really. always comfortable. Yeah. Okay. So tell me when you first started maybe thinking about leadership, about leadership principles, um, what kind of like, where did this start in you? Because this has been, I mean, you also have had an interest in like the political um world as well. You know, I think, um, I could totally see you running for an office someday or something like that. Like, but when did you first start thinking about leadership? So I, I love reading history. Um, and obviously there are a lot of great examples of leadership throughout history, but when it really comes down to it, it's the day in and day out leadership that really defines our life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess I, I can say that I really started intentionally thinking about leadership out of an outpouring of, of having an experience with a bad leader. 
um, a, a purposeless leader even. Wow. Um, and that that's a bad feeling. Yeah. Because uh, you notice like the vacuum of it, you notice the void. Uh, yeah. And, and the tendencies there that you can point to and say, that's, that's bad leadership, not a bad person, but someone that shouldn't be in a leadership capacity or doesn't have the skill set for it. And I learned more about leadership from that poor leader than mm-hmm. I have from anyone else in, in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, I'm very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a, it's a bad feeling. It's a hopeless feeling. Um, cause you and, felt and stuck today, underneath it. What's that? Cause you felt stuck underneath it probably. Oh yeah. 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 You feel hopeless. Yeah. And that's, that's a terrible, terrible place to be. Um, so now in my capacity as, you know, a, a leader of leaders, I have a team under me that oversees all of our employees. Um, that's something that I think about on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, are we providing that environment? that person-centered approach to leadership where everyone has the possibility of feeling successful, mm-hmm. of experiencing the sense of purpose that everyone deserves in their daily life. What do you mean by person-centered approach? Um, so it goes back to what leadership truly is. It's easy to define leadership as bold, authoritative, fist-pounding, um, you know, sword rattling leadership here's where we're going yep yep get behind me blood and guts uh, (laughs) yeah what leadership really is is looking at the individual person and saying how can i lead you Mm -hmm. how can i help you lead yourself um to identify those traits within the person and then that really starts within us too uh to be intentional about who am i as a leader Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Um, am I giving this person what they truly need? Yeah. There are times where, you know, I, I have a, a couple of colleagues that I work with very closely on a daily basis where we have to collaborate and say, look, I'm, I'm just missing on this. I'm not sure how to get this point across to this person. Will you help me just role play that conversation a little bit? Because yeah, I can pound my fist and say, do this or you're fired. But I don't feel good about that. Right. That's that's not that's not a good purposeful life-giving relationship. And like we do this for eight plus hours a day of mm-hmm. work, right? If if we're not enriched by doing that, then why are we doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I I wanna be um I wanna draw the fact that some of this came from a text you had sent. Um, oh, I don't know, like two months ago or something after, oh, it was after I put an article in the Bishop's Bulletin, right, about about just woundedness and about a lot, like we all have these wounds that we carry and part of growing in our relationship with God and with other people is addressing the wounds. And you had just sent this really beautiful message about how um, that you had just had this conversation, I think maybe in your workplace or something like that, recognizing that so much of leadership, so much of of our um, ability to kind of take people and bring them from point A to point B is dealing with the humanity of the person in front of you. So can you talk a little bit about that? What the the joy and the challenge maybe is of you're leading people, yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Leading people is messy. Yeah. 
It really is. And, and that's okay. I mean, I'll tell my team all the time that it's a blessing to work with passionate people. And I I have that, but that's messy. Yeah. That that can be tough. It takes a lot of energy and that's the hardest part of the job. Yeah. Um, And a lot of that is because if you do take and commit to a person centered approach to leadership, you encounter very quickly that everyone is wounded. Mm-hmm. Whether we carry it around um, in an obvious way or not, mm-hmm. we're all wounded. And mm-hmm. just like any wound, that creates um, a scar. Mm-hmm. It creates scar tissue. It creates a lasting impact and a callus and a lot of times a hardness mm-hmm. on us too. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we recognize it or not, that then affects how we interact with everyone else. Yeah. I, I think that's, you know, your, your piece had really struck on that too, because we never know what's going on with everyone else. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've thought before, I wish that everyone could just, that it was socially acceptable for everyone to walk around with their disclaimer, like, Hey, um, I'm wounded by, or I was wounded by this person. So I lash out. I get defensive. Um, I'm going to get really intense. I have a lot going on at home. I, my yeah. kids are sick. My dad is dying. My, you know, yeah. You know, I'll walk around and it was socially acceptable to like really answer when someone says, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. It's like really terrible actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that's, that's that woundedness. I, I was talking with someone last week who, um, works in one of our communities and she is uh, she's done a great job creating a really good, strong culture because she really truly invests in people. And she's had a tough past couple of years. She's had a parent die. She had a, um, some major health concerns herself. She had a child commit suicide. Oh my gosh. And in, in the midst of this very wounded, very broken person um, is a real and and true, beautiful um, story of leadership. Because she's invested in the people that she has on her team. And she can see their woundedness because of her own. And, and that's something that I'm really trying to do as a, um, as a leader, too. Because, sorry, my phone rang there. Not good. <laughs> um, that's something I'm really trying to do as a leader, too, is recognize my own woundedness. Yeah. And seeing how that affects my leadership. Yeah. My parenting, yeah. my being a husband, yeah, it affects everything. Um, and if I'm ignoring that, then what am I doing? I'm, I'm well, I'm acting out of a hardness of heart or right. callousness, or I'm ignoring that essential part of myself because our woundedness is very much who we are as well. Not that it has to define us, but it's okay if it if a component of it does define us. Yeah, and I think the awareness of um, the self-awareness, having enough self-awareness to recognize how that impacts um, the people that we come into, you know, contact with in our regular workday or with our family or whatever. And I think, uh, you know, in some ways, like we are all, any person listening to this has a leadership capacity um, or is in a position of some sort of leadership. You might not be at the highest total, you know, part of the totem pole in your business or um, something like that, but like you are leading your friends or you're leading your your family members or you're leading whomever um, in in some way or another. And, and I think that can look like different forms, but having the self-awareness to recognize your own story um, 
man, that's such a profound reflection on then how you can also recognize the, the the humanity of the people that you're coming in contact with and the people that ultimately you're wanting, like I said earlier, to take from point A to point B and to be able to love them well. What would you say is the difference? You know, use this beautiful example of this woman who had this really rough couple of years and yet has been able to foster this culture in in the place that she oversees What's the difference between her and maybe another leader who hasn't been able to to have that sort of success? You know, obviously she's attentive to her own wounds, but can you define what's the difference? Authenticity. Whoa, I didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, authenticity. Um, you know, certainly self-awareness, emotional yeah. intelligence. Those are, you know, two of the biggest things that I look for whenever we hire someone. I love to ask people, um, tell me about a time that you failed. And, and you really get their self-awareness, mm-hmm. um, a gauge on their self-awareness pretty mm-hmm. quick. But, mm-hmm. but more important than that is just being authentic. Yeah. Because I, at the end of the day, like we all know the standard talking points, like what's your greatest strength? What's right. your greatest weakness? Right. I, I mean, we all know what everyone else wants to hear, but to be an authentic person in a business setting, um, and let really your light shine through more than just the data entry yeah. or, or the processing or going through the day-to-day tasks. That's what makes life worth living. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's so, yeah, so there's so much humility in that, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in humility in the true sense of the word, meaning, um, recognizing what you are not, but also recognizing what you are like, like false humility would say, oh, I'm not, I'm not good at that. Or, oh, uh, yeah, no, everybody else is much, much better than at that than I am. But I'm just here doing my best. Like, oh, baloney, you know, oh my gosh, I just said baloney in my 70. Like, <laughs> I just, there's real authenticity requires true humility to recognize the places that we lack and the humility to embrace the gifts that we have and use them. And that, that also comes back to recognizing the necessity of living in community too, because no one person can do it all. Uh, if you look at any, any business, there are multiple leaders in any business yeah. because it's crazy to think that one person can do it all. Yeah. You look at the, the family structure too. There's very much leadership in the family. Um, and it, it's impractical to think that one person can do it all. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's where you get a disorderness between spouses sometimes because they expect one to be the leader. No, that that's not how that's set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah. I guess I, I think about this too, in, in the sense of the family that um, leadership in your family is needs to be person centered as well. That you think about your children, you probably don't discipline your children or praise your children in exactly the same way, hmm. you know, because my kids are unique. Mm-hmm. They're, they're individual people. I, for my, so my seven-year-old and five-year-old, both boys, I don't discipline them the same because they're individual, they're unique. And if I'm not taking a person-centered approach with it, um, that's, that's almost cheating them on their childhood. Can you give me an example of this related to Marissa? That's a hard question. 
how she parents better than I do, you mean? No, how you love her with a person-centered approach and how you lead your wife with a person-centered approach. I mean, in some ways it's like, it's like so obvious, right? I'm sure if we were all to look at our relationships, like you don't just love, you know, uh, with you love specifically, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like we love our spouse specifically, but I think to name that, I don't know. I just am thinking like, man, what does that look like in the context of marriage to like lead your wife with, with that sort of intentionality? Because you're not just loving anybody. You're loving, you're loving Marissa Kessler. Or I'm not just loving anybody. I'm loving Matt Leadham. And mm-hmm. how I'm going to love Matt Leadham is going to be different than how I'm going to love anybody else. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes back to recognizing what they need. Mm-hmm. And not to say that that's so that that's a tough thing because it's not to say that they're lacking. Right. But we all need things on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and part of that has been for us a, a relatively recent thing, just to sit down and talk about really obvious things, huh. really basic things. Like, yeah. how do you feel love? Yeah. How, how do you feel joy yep. in our relationship? Yeah. Like, what, what should I be doing more for you mm-hmm. in that? Mm-hmm. And really identifying like, key areas like, hey, I cleaned up the house today. Um, I spent a lot of time on that for you. And this this is a very recent one. Yeah. I walked in the back door and we have this this um, bench back there that just accumulates everything. Yeah, and I everybody the has their accumulation. Like, oh my gosh. You clean the bench? Clean that off while she was staying at home with a sick kid. Like, whoa. Yeah. That's a huge thing in this small everyday thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's like the perfect example because I think um, that's what it means. Like that's that specificity, you know, it's that recognition of what are the things that really um, that we value day in and day out and, and how is my spouse going to respond or how do I need to be? Yeah. Um, validated or known in this way. Like, I don't know. Some people I'm I'm trying to think of an example. Like, I think there's a reality that some people don't need a ton of, you know, affirmation. Like they don't need to hear, wow, you did a really great job. You, you know, did this, this and this. Like, I am not one of those people. Like, like the one way that Matt really loves me specifically, person centered, recognizing who I am as an individual is like, not only will he say, "Em, that was really awesome," but I want to know concretely, like what what stirred to you, so or what stirred you about that, um, you know, if me parenting, or if he was watching me a moment with Claire, um, watching a moment that I was having with Claire, or something like, I want the specifics around the affirmation as well, and so he recognizes that he knows that, and and a blatant just great job doesn't do it for me, you know. So I just well, I'm thinking of that as like that's person centered. It is. And it's so important to, to know how people want to be praised because some people get really uncomfortable with that yeah. too. Yeah. Right? I'm thinking of, so back to the business setting too, I guess even in my marriage too, I know like public praise, my wife doesn't want that. Right. I have people on my team that definitely want public praise. Yeah. Like that does it for them. Yeah. And, and they might not fine. say that, but you know, right. based on how they yeah. respond, it elevates them. It, yeah. Whatever. And I have people that really don't want that at all. Yeah, that, that um, would be embarrassing. So instead, you know, I'd, I've sent cards to their spouses before saying, hey, I I just want you to know your spouse probably doesn't talk about the important things that they do every day, but you need to know this about them. 
because so many of us separate our home life and our, our um, work life. We don't need to do that. Yeah, Those can be tied together because we are who we are. And if we're not being authentic at work, then we can't be authentic completely at home. Yeah. Those, those two things can't be separate. Oh, man. I love that. That's a... Um... A great tip for any leader listening, like connect with your spouse's fair, connect with your um, worker spouses and their families, because that goes such a long way in like workplace happiness and feeling connected to the thing that you do. Like, I think if there's a real separation from that, it's really hard to feel integrated. It's really hard to feel connected. Um, and yet the more of those worlds touch and and build on each other, the happier we are. Like our work has to live out of our family, you know? That's just it. Like to be clear, you definitely can run a business and have a work environment where you don't get into the personal details. And there's some that you have to be careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, you could definitely run a business that way. Like very cold, very transactional, but I guess I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. I don't want to work in that environment. That's that's not what I'm going to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like I said, we we do this. You know, if you can't calculate out the number of hours you actually spend in your life working, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. So why be miserable? Yeah, why be miserable? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and you really need to ask yourself that too. I I found power in even just writing out things for myself. One at one of my low points, I was I was traveling and I was just drained burned out as a leader. And I sat down, I was digging through my, my bag that I travel with. And all I found was an envelope. And I just had to write on the back of this envelope. Am I who I want to be? And I sat there and looked at that for a long time and, and put it away and pulled it back out the next day and looked at it again because I I couldn't honestly say yes. That was a really tough thing. And I, I still have that envelope. It pops up whenever I travel. Um, I pull it out and see it. But it's important to ask yourself that. Am I who I want to be? Because if the answer is no, then do something. Yeah. So what are you doing about it? Uh, I just got back from an awesome canoe trip. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I, I, And I, I guess that's um, something I've noticed about myself is that I have phases as a leader where I get completely drained. For me, it's about, so I I have have two ways of looking at this. Every 90 days, I get to the point where I am just drained. And then I'm not doing my team any good, not doing my family any good, and I'm not doing myself any good. Hmm. Um, I can see that even in my faith life too. Like I just get completely drained and then I'm not able, I'm not able to process. Hmm. so it's almost like uh, it's like restarting your computer. Yeah. Like when you have too many things open and you just need to restart so it can run efficiently. Yeah. When you have too many things open, your computer can't process. That's how I do myself too, that I need to restart every once in a while so that I can get back to process. Yeah. And then yeah. the other side of it is um, weekly. Wednesdays are a really tough day for me. I don't hmm. know why, um, but my team knows that. My colleagues know that. Um, so if they have something really big, I've had people walk in my door and go, Hey, can we talk? Oh, you know what? Never mind. It's Wednesday afternoon. I'll come Shut back. Up. Tomorrow. That's awesome. And, and like, we've just been honest enough with each other to say, <laughs> Wednesday's not a great day for me. I have that a colleague awesome. that usually it's Tuesdays. I have another one that it's Mondays. 
thank goodness it's not all in the same. I was going to say, so really like Friday is your happy day and you guys are just cruising, getting things done. Everyone's good on Fridays. Oh, that's funny. um, Yeah. I found that um, one of, one of my favorite quotes um, is leisure without study is death. I'd say it's a Seneca quote. And I guess I, I'll modify, I modify that a little bit in my mind that um, leisure without purpose is lazy. Hmm. And and I need that leisure time because that helps me recharge. It helps me reset. It helps me have hope again. Yeah. Maybe that things are possible, that anything is possible. Um, so. But you're talking about a really specific kind of leisure. Like. Yeah. You're leisuring with intention. You're leisuring with, so for you, it's, I need to get outside. I need to be active. I need to take in the, I need to take in nature. Right. Yeah. So this canoe trip. So I was, um, someone asked me this morning, Hey, how was your canoe trip? And I was telling them about it. And you know, there, there were bears and wolves and, um, they said, wow, that sounds terrifying. You have to put so much thought into surviving. I thought about it. I said, yeah, that's exactly why this works for me because that, that like resets things for me. I can get back to this very base state of, okay, strip everything else away. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to be able to have the amount of time to have silence, a man in the world. Yeah. So, it, and, and really, if you, if you think about our lives, we don't ever have silence, right? Yeah. Because it's scary. Yeah. And you have to confront who am I actually. Sure. Um, so I guess getting back to your ultimate question of uh, what am I doing about that question of am I who I want to be? Um, what I'm doing is taking every decision and asking myself, am I proud of this? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then this is not a difficult thing. Like right and wrong are not difficult. Yeah. Think about your children. If you ask them what's right and what's wrong, it's not difficult for them. But then as adults, somehow we've made it difficult. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I'm really struck by the fact that you are aware of this tendency in you, kind of this cycle, because you have a really high stress um, position and people, listeners, listeners might not recognize that, but, um, and and you would never say that, but you do, you have a really high stress role. And especially, I mean, you, you uh, oversee assisted living and nursing home facilities. And if anyone uh, has been paying attention to the last year and a half or two years um, of what's happening in the world. That's a doozy of a job right now and, and a really challenging job, a high stress job. And part of the reason that I wanted to talk to you about leadership is because you're in a position of, of high stakes. Um, you got people's lives, you know, that you're, de- that you're, that you're dealing with. And, um, and it's possible to thrive and to find immense joy and freedom as a leader, but it's hard work, especially when it's when you're doing hard work. Um, and and I and I knew this about you that you um, do these things regularly to kind of reset your computer to restart. Um, and I know you do little things throughout the week as well. But then there's kind of that overarching that that 90 day cycle um, that you need to take a break and that you need to step out and that you need to, um, yeah, take a breather or whatever that looks like. And I just I think the self awareness of that is so 
beautiful and profound and encouraging to me. I'm recognizing in myself recently, like, man, I just really need a retreat. Um, and, and that a lot of that came from a conversation that you and I had had prior to recording this. Um, yeah, because I think you actually told me I needed a retreat. Yeah, I think I did. Which is great. And I did. <laughs> I, I did. If, if I I'm glad you received calendar, that. Like, like the last time I had done something had been like 88 days ago. Yeah. So, you're like two days and I'm doing it. Oh yeah. man, that's so great. That's so great. But then, yeah, I think, I think how profound for you then in the day, in the day in and day out um, to really be able to take a look at the different work of the, the different work that you're doing and, and ask that question of, am I proud? Am, am I proud of this? Can I stand behind this? Um, even the hard stuff. Um, am I, am I proud of this? Um, and I, and I think what a beautiful thing for whether you're a parent, whether you're a professional listening, you know, um, I'm just looking at that as, as a mom, um, even the hard discipline moments, you know, don't you think like I could just oh. see these moments like toddler meltdown, whatever. Yeah. And after I handle the meltdown, whatever, you know, is needed to do that. Like, can I really honestly look at myself and say, Hey, I'm, I'm actually proud of how I did that. A lot of times. No, a lot of times. Well, yeah. And, and it's important to, when you do it right, usually we don't stop to celebrate it. Either. Yeah. Like we only recognize when we do something wrong. When we do it right, we're like, oh, okay, that worked. On to the next thing. Yes, on to the next thing. So true. Be able to take take just a second to celebrate and go, you know what? I was a good dad today. Yeah. I had, um, it's one of my questions that I like to ask my team is, is, um, where are you feeling successful right Mm. now? Because there are days and weeks and months and entire pandemics, to be Mm -hmm. honest, where we don't feel a whole lot of success. Mm -hmm. But I asked this to um, a relatively new member of my team, uh, joined our team about six months ago. It's been a tough six months. She came from a different industry, um, but but she's learning this. She's really good at it too, but she's been throwing some weird curveballs. And I said, where are you feeling success right now? And she thought about it for a little bit. And this is where I'm going to toot my own horn because yeah. I feel like I was a good leader here. Yeah, do it. Um, and she said, I got to go to my son's football game this week. Um, and I feel really good about that, being able to see him play and to support him. Um, I'm really, really proud of that. And I said, so your success this week is that you're, you're a good mom. That's a huge win. There's, there's no greater success that you could have sent from a business angle mm-hmm. that would have made me see how you're feeling right mm-hmm. now. And, and as a leader, to toot my own horn, I felt really good that she was honest enough and she could share enough that. to say, hey, here's where I'm at right now. Not a lot of things she are going great at work, but, but I'm fulfilled here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like this openness that you've created as a leader for somebody to be able to say that. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good. That, uh, yeah, you should toot your own horn for that because that's an, that's an openness that's established. That's a culture that's established, you know? And of course, like, somebody's listening saying like well what about you know boundaries in your workplace and whatever yeah like all of those need to exist absolutely but um but i love that i think that's a that's a person centered approach that's a person that's a person centered approach to leadership oh man boundaries absolutely and yeah I'd, I'd love to have a conversation with anyone one on one on just that and how to do that yeah 
But, yeah. You know, I guess. But be my human. Thought is, like, see the person first. Yeah. Right? yeah. Everyone, everyone just wants to be seen. And you, you said this earlier about being known. Like, how do I want to be known? Yeah. Um, in the marriage, um, certainly, like, how do I want to be known by my spouse? But how do I want to be known by the people I spend eight hours a day sitting yeah. next to? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that requires vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that authenticity that you were talking about earlier. Oh, mm-hmm. man, Dylan, that's so great. Um, okay, I've got one more question for you. Okay. I ask every guest that comes on Lead Into Life, what is a question that you have been pondering? Um, And you'll totally get this because this is just your, this is the world that you live in. This is your personality. This is kind of your, your heart, I think. But in, I really believe that in, in asking questions of ourselves, of God, of other people, um, there's just immense growth that can happen uh, Mm -hmm. from wonder and, and from pondering. And so I want to know Dylan Kessler, if there's a question that you have been pondering. So two. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, first, first is, um, honestly just asking myself that question that I said earlier of, am I who I want to be? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a really uncomfortable question. And if you can answer that very quickly, um, you're probably not spending enough time with it. Mm. Um, but the real question that I had wanted to throw out here, because I knew you were going to ask this, because um, I ran through all like the typical, okay, I should ask, you know, where am I wounded? Where am I failing? <laughs> what, I, what I really have been thinking about lately is um, if I saw Bigfoot, would I tell anyone? Wh- what did you decide? No. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. And here's why. I don't believe I have, you. I have a whole theory on this. Okay, go. And and it actually fits back into some things. Because so I just on this very remote trip. Yeah. Um, out in the wild. You saw him, didn't you? You're but not going to tell me. I wouldn't tell you. Frick, so, Dylan. <laughs> I don't believe Bigfoot is real. Um, but there's a part of me that loves mystery. Yeah. And I love not knowing. And for me, that's what keeps me um, continuing to seek new experiences. So for me, if I saw Bigfoot, no, I wouldn't tell anyone because I want that to remain a mystery. Would you? I for sure would. Are you kidding me? I know that about you. Yeah. You have to know that like half the people that you tell are going to automatically go, well, Emily's nuts. True. But but that's authenticity, man. Right? <laughs> oh man, so, that's, that's so good. That's my big question. Yeah. Would you, Bigfoot, would you tell anyone? Yeah. Would, what's your reason behind Yeah. Him? It's not as Bigfoot real. It's that if I saw him, would exactly. I tell anyone? Yeah. But like take that out of the equation altogether. And part of it for me is I value authentic experiences. Yeah. And you want to let people discover it for themselves. Exactly. And there have been so many times where I've told someone about something that I've experienced in nature that really meant something to me. And they like glance up from their phone and they're like, yeah, yeah, cool. And I go, oh, Uh, gosh, you just cheapened my like existential experience here. Yeah. So you're dampening my experience of seeing Bigfoot. Yeah. Okay. I get I get where you're going. I get your theory. I mean, I could see that about you. I'll see if. Yeah, I got to think about that. I'm not. I feel like my answer was really quick that I would tell people, but you're making me second guess it. So I appreciate that. 
This is what that's what this is all about. You know, there's a documentary about Bigfoot, by the way, on like National Geographic or something. Matt and I watched it one winter day last year. It's compelling, man. It's compelling. (laughs) I just saying I was like, I went in thinking this is going to be dumb. And I left wondering, like, man, what does Bigfoot actually look like? You know, like he's real. It's just a matter of what he looks like. <laughs> right. Okay. So that's an interesting thing about you. You're, you're all, all the way down the road of like, okay. But like, I think he's there. Maybe it's just not exactly like what I thought, you know, like the, the gorilla man walking that we all think color. of. Yeah. 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 Something like that. I don't know. Okay. So did we cover enough like random ground? I feel that? like we covered enough random ground. Dylan, I am so grateful for you taking time. Like I said, I know you've got a busy, a busy life right now. You're a busy dad and a busy job. Um, but you, uh, you really lead so beautifully, um, in your uh, love of people, in your attentiveness to people. Um, and I think it's just really admirable. I think it's a, it's a profound vision of what it means to love people well. Um, both in your home and in your workplace. So I'm super grateful. Friends, I, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as well. Please do share it, um, especially with maybe people that are in the business world or um, that are pursuing professional growth. Um, I think this is such a beautiful conversation and how that looks in the world that we work, but also in our families as well. So I hope you enjoyed it. Share it with a friend. Dylan, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And yeah, I just to say to anyone, look, we're all burned out. Amen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Yeah. The Amen. worst thing you can do is not say something. Yeah. Amen. So. Amen. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening, friends, and we'll see you next time. Bye.